It's good to know some things never change, no matter what's going on in the world, like the satisfying sound of snow crunching under your boots, or how every family seems to have their own secret huckleberry picking spots, or how there's always room for a little more meat in your freezer, no matter how many hunting trips you go on. One other thing that will never change? Whitefish Credit Union's commitment to you. This year, next year, and always. Whitefish Credit Union. Subject to membership eligibility. You get the full spectrum of Northwest Montana sports. Only on 96.5 and 600 KGEZ. Now, back to the Knock on Sports and Anthony Knockreiner. Welcome back to the Knockdown Sports and joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, good friend of the show, host of Nuanez now on ESPN Missoula 1029 and also does a great job on SkylineSportsMT.com. It is Coulter Nuanez. Coulter, how you doing, man? Hope you're doing well here on a Tuesday. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. It was a pleasure to have you on the show today, too. So we'll uh, go back and forth, we'll trade these. I enjoy it. Thanks so much for coming on today. We had fun. Yeah, absolutely. I always appreciate when I get when I can get when you can come on my show and when I get to go on your show as well. And let's just start there, man. Obviously, um, I know Tutel. He's left. He's gone to do some things with his family. So now you're man in the desk. It's Nuanez now. How's the show going? <laughs> well, I got a lot of good people in my arsenal, yourself included. So uh, it's been good, man. Uh, it was uh, you know a really slow year last year in terms of content that we could cover. And then since I launched the new show. We've had nothing but content. Hoops has been going well. High school hoops back in action. And uh, now the biggest news story we've had in college sports in Montana for quite some time with Jeff Choate leaving. So it's been going well, man. Thanks so much for asking. Well, Colter, let's start there, bud. Your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, and I got to imagine, I probably was a lot like other Bobcats fans. I thought once Jeff Choate got through Boise State and he wasn't named the head coach, it's like, all right, he's, he's staying. Well, now he's at Texas. What do you think about that? Well, I, I think that there's a lot of different factors that go into it. I think if you know Jeff Choate at all, you know that he is, at the same time, an incredibly driven and competitive person and also a pretty restless person. I think he would be the first to tell you that. Uh, his career has shown that. I mean, he's never stayed anywhere longer than six years. The five-year time period is kind of his sweet spot, and he's been places for only a couple of years. Uh, and he's been a lot of different staffs since he first dove into the coaching business about 20 years ago. Got to remember, Choate was a high school coach for a long time after graduating from Montana Western. He spent most of the 1990s and didn't get into the coaching business until his uh, middle, his mid-30s. So uh, he has been a lot of places already, and I think that that's kind of the way that he operates. You know, he likes to lay the foundation. He likes to build the house, so to speak. But like he said, sometimes he likes to leave before the, the landscaping company shows up. And, uh, you know, I think that for a variety of reasons, but namely – the prestige of the job and the resources that are available at Texas was pretty much impossible to turn down. I think that uh, obviously Choate was pretty bonded to his players and to his program, but when the guy who just coordinated arguably the greatest offense in college football history and Steve Sarkeesian calls you and says, hey, you want to come down to the University of Texas, which, oh, by the way, is going to have the largest pool of money for, a sal- for assistant salaries in the history of college football, and, oh, by the way, generated more money as an institution than the entire Big Ten network did cumulatively a year ago. Uh, it's pretty much a no-brainer. It's slam dunk. The only thing that's been missing at Texas is leadership and players. Other than that, they got more resources, more availability, more branding, more exposure. 
everything than pretty much anybody in all of college football. So uh, on that side of things, I think it's a slam dunk higher. As far as the Montana State side of things, I do think he was probably a gut punch for his players, but I don't think that's Choate's fault. Uh, when you're a candidate and a finalist for a head coaching gig, then that's a lot of that's public information, especially at a state university like Boise State. So there's going to be a ton of information out there. His players are very privy to the fact that he was a finalist for Boise State. He had talked to them about it, and I think he had told them, hey, boys, if I do do this, this is what's going to happen. This is the best for me, but at the end of the day, if I don't, let's, let's roll. Let's, uh, let's ride. And I think this was more kind of a thief in the night type scenario, but again, that's not Choate's fault. I mean, he didn't get this call until Wednesday, and then it had matriculated and materialized by Friday. And it was, he told his staff, it leaked from the staff into the media, we were able to break it or at least uh, contribute to the breaking of it along with football scoop at Skyline Sports. And uh, all of a sudden, Choate's on the way out the door. So, um, I mean, I know you have a lot of questions about this, so I kind of let you guys the interview how you want. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy for Choate. I'm sad for his players. And I'm sad for the state of Montana because Jeff Choate was a shooting star. He, he's a very transcendent and captivating person. One of the most inspiring people I've ever been around. And on a personal level, I got to say that he, he had a large influence on my life, both professionally and personally. And uh, I'll never forget it for that. So, um, I mean, you can go ahead then and, and take this wherever you want. But I do think it was a shock for everybody around the state of Montana. Yeah, no question about it, man. I mean, that's the thing is, you know, you talked about, I mean, Jeff Cho really was a great guy. We've talked about it numerous times on my show with you, Coulter, about what he means to his players. I mean, I talked to some of his recruits this past recruiting cycle and talk, and they talked about how honest he is and how straight, straight up they, that he is with his players and that's how much they respect him. And with that being said, Coulter, I got to feel like, and again, I know we're not, we're not Leon Costello. We're not in the mind of Leon Costello, but I have to imagine the priority is to find a similar guy. I don't, you're not going to be able to find a carbon copy, but find a similar guy with those kind of characteristics, I would imagine. Yeah. And that, that's the other interesting part about this job. I think it's, it's, uh, it's worth remembering too, that Montana state has had a lot of football success throughout the big sky conference era, dating all the way back to 1963. They've also had a lot of really great coaches that were the head coach of the Bobcats. But because of the paramount uh, fervor for the rivalry with the University of Montana, a lot of times the, um, the, 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 the legacies of these coaches haven't ended perfectly. In other words, Jim Sweeney is the last Bobcat head coach back in 1967 to quote-unquote move up, to take an advancement within the profession um, – when he went to when he went to Washington State and then Fresno State, Sonny Hollander abruptly retired in the seventies. Sonny Lubick, who went on to become the defensive coordinator of the U at Miami and won two national championships, he was fired at Montana State. Dave Arnold won a national championship at Montana State and was fired. Earl Somerton flamed out, fired. Cliff Heisel forced into retirement. Mike Kramer, amid scandal, fired. Rob Ass, the winningest coach in school history, the owner of four Big Sky Conference championship rings, fired. And so what does that tell you? It tells you that you can't get stuck at Montana State for too long because it doesn't matter if you go 70 and 28 like Rob Ash did. It doesn't matter if you win the league four times in five years or make the playoffs four times in five years. If you don't have success against the Grizz, you're gone. Choke did have success against the Grizz, and that was the ultimate feather in his cap. It was actually perhaps his greatest accomplishment. So he needed to strike while the iron was hot, and I think that's exactly what he did. And so that's the thing that I've been telling a lot of the Bobcat people that have been reaching out to me is that it's a threefold deal here. First of all, I don't know if Montana State was ever going to get any better than they were last year under Jeff Choate, with Choate at the helm. I think that they could be just as good, but I don't know if they're ever going to get better. 
Number two, I think that Choate had an opportunity that he that was impossible for him to turn down. And number three, I think we all should just feel lucky that he was in this state because he is a transcendent personality that I think made a lot of difference in a lot of areas that have nothing to do with winning football games. So as far as who Montana State needs to hire, this is not a we need to change the culture, we need to rebuild this thing, we're in a bad spot like it was when Rob Ash was let go. Instead, this is a we just need to carry the momentum. And so I don't think you're going to find somebody that's as transcendent of a personality, as spirited as a uh, marketer, or as good of a speaker as Jeff Choate. But I do think you can find somebody that internally the players like just as much and internally maybe is a little bit better at certain elements of coaching football, specifically the offensive part of things, specifically developing quarterbacks. So I think Montana State, it's going to be a big week or two, but I do think Montana State's in a good position. And if they make the right hire, I do think the sky continues to be the limit in Bozeman. Coulter, it's interesting. You know, obviously the news came out yesterday. Can Ione is going to go to Boise State to be the co-defensive coordinator. Um, is that a foregone conclusion? Because I know his name was tied as a head coach uh, candidate. Is it a foregone conclusion? He's going to Boise State. There's no chance he comes back, even offered the head coaching position. Uh, that's an interesting question, too. So much about of this is about timing. I think that if we rewind the clock a little bit, let's take it back to when Choate was a finalist for Boise. Mm-hmm. I think if Choate would have gotten that job, I think Kane Ione might have then, unless Kane Ione went with Choate to Boise, I think Kane Ione would have been the guy that would have stepped in and replaced Choate. And I think that they would have been able to get that done in pretty short order. But then because Choate didn't get the job, then all of a sudden the dominoes fall. And the centerpiece of this whole thing is Pete Kukowski. Pete Kukowski was the defensive coordinator at Montana State from 2000 to 2005. He coached Kane Ione while at Montana State. Well, then he was at, Kukowski was at Boise State from 2006 through 2013 with Jeff Choate. Then he was at Washington from 2014 until this last season, including two seasons with Choate. When Kukowski got the D.C. job at Texas, that was the domino that then opened up Washington. So there's an opportunity for Choate, but instead he goes and joins up with his old buddy in Texas, in Austin. But then that also then uh, had Kane Ione have, have a good reference as well with Andy Avalos there. Andy Avalos at Boise State has worked alongside Kukowski, and Kukowski was able to Place Kane because not only did Kukowski coach Kane when he was in college, but Kane also spent two years as an analyst at Washington on Kukowski's defensive staff. So uh, I think Coach Ione, I think he probably was in contact with Montana State when Jeff Choate left, but it was a situation where under state law, you have to open this job up, the, even if you do have an internal candidate that you plan on hiring. And so Kane was in a position where he could have become the interim coach, but he still would have had to go through a national search. And there's a chance that he doesn't get the job. On the other side, he already has a job offer for Boise State, which then had come about with this, completely mutually exclusively from Jeff Cho getting hired in Texas. So Kane had to take the job that he was – he had to take the job that was offered. He hadn't been offered a job at Montana State. He could have been in the mix with, uh, at Montana State. He still could be in the mix at Montana State. But as, as of right now, he had to take the job at Boise State because that's the thing that's best for you know, both his career and his family. Coulter, looking at this thing, I got to imagine. I don't. I don't know what the timetable will be. I'm sure you'll you'll give us an idea on that. But um, for Montana State, where do you see them going here? Is it a wide net? Do they go? Hey, is there anybody from North Dakota State? I know Leon Costello's got ties to South Dakota State as well. Um, is this a wide net? And, and what's the timetable? It is a wide net. There's obviously a lot of internal candidates and/or candidates with connections to the program. If you go to SkyOnSportsMT.com. I have a list of all the people that I've been confirmed to have at least interest in the job. A lot of people with ties to Bozeman, Montana State, Montana, the state of Montana. Um, but 
then you also have Costello, who's not has actually no direct connection to Montana State besides the time he spent there over the last five years. And so you're right. I think there is some Midwestern connections there. I think that some guys that maybe from South Dakota State, North Dakota State, that whole neck of the woods might be in the mix. Well, here's the thing to remember is there's always been a great uh, number of um, candidates with strong ties that have emerged when the Bobcat job has become open. Each of the last three times it's been open, in 2000, in 2007, and in 2015, each time there was great candidates that emerged with strong Montana State ties. Back in 2000, they hired Mike Kramer, and he had been at Montana State back in the 80s. So those great ties, they played out. But no one had known Rob Ash's name until about two weeks before he was hired in the state of Montana. He became the winningest coach in school history. Nobody had known Jeff Choate's name until about a week and a half before he got hired, and he became a great coach in Montana State as well. So uh, here we are now. I think we have a lot of familiar names on the list that I've been able to confirm. But there's also a couple I've been able to confirm that are a little bit outside the box. But I think that that I, I don't know if we have seen the main candidates that will emerge. So as far as the timeline goes, I know that they've been in contact with a whole bunch of people, but there haven't been official interviews or official uh, finalists that have been named yet. Mm-hmm. But the way that they usually do this is they usually name five to six finalists, and then they have day of interviews. A lot of times those interviews are public. Uh, you know, Montana State's been pretty good about uh, being pretty transparent once they have the finalists in place. So I expect that same process to probably continue, and we'll probably see something more towards the end of this week in terms of news. And then I think probably next week we'll probably see uh, a pretty quick move uh, to then maybe hire somebody. So usually these things take 10 to 14 days. This thing broke on Friday. So I think probably by next Friday, I think we'll probably know who the next Bobcat coach is. Coulter, we saw Greg Filer uh, announce that he's going into the transfer portal. We've seen plenty of players, even for the University of Montana, uh, in, or I shouldn't say plenty, but we've seen some key guys for the Grizz go into the transfer portal uh, at an earlier time. Uh, do you feel like, how much could this hurt the roster? Could we see more guys go into the transfer portal? As this is a team with the roster as it constructed, uh, looked like a, looks like a top 10 team. What do you think about the roster? I think the roster is great, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, that's one thing that Jeff Choate did better than anything. He sold the vision of Montana State to the boosters, to the fans, and to the players. So I think the players that remain are very tight. I also think Jeff Choate did a hell of a job recruiting. They got a lot of talent. I mean, Troy Anderson headlines the group, but they have a lot of talent across the board. And, uh, I mean, it all starts up front. They got, they're going to have one of the best defensive fronts and one of the best offensive lines, not only in the big sky, but in the country. So that's a pretty intriguing deal. Uh, for a coach to come in there and have that. Because those are usually places where you're lacking that you have to dedicate so many resources to rebuilding. But that's not the case at Montana State. So I do think that they have a pretty talented roster. As far as the, the exodus of players or lack thereof, will there be a bunch of transfers? I'm not really sure. You know, the thing about the transfer portal is, like, once you file or enter the transfer portal as a grad transfer, if you have your degree in hand, I'm pretty sure you can enter the portal. And I, and I, might, be, I might be off on these rules a little bit, but I believe that even though it's not the coach's decision for you to enter the portal, he can't say no if you want to enter. I do think that some sort of coach or administrator or staff member has to submit the paperwork for you or at least sign off on the paperwork to get you in there. And, again, they can't really say no if you want to do it, but I do think there has to be a facilitation process there. So I think that we might really not even have the – because they don't have an interim head coach and they don't have an associate head coach right now, I think we might be in a situation that – uh, they can't really enter the portal until the, the, one of those positions is filled. So, oh, but I do think the roster is flush with talent. But that's the thing, you know. Th- I think that Montana State is a great place. Bozeman's a great place. Bobcat Stadium is a great place. They have a great fan base. Th- this team has had talent forever. 
I mean, Choate has definitely taken the, the recruiting to the next level in certain ways, but in a lot of ways, Montana State's been pulling great players from all over the northwestern United States and all over the country for 20 years. And so uh, I think that Montana State will always be an attractive place for both players and coaches. So I think if they make the right hire, they should be just fine. Coulter, quickly switching over to college basketball. We have Montana versus Montana State this week. Um, I, I think if the season before the season started, if you asked which one was undefeated in conference and which one wasn't, I think people would have said Montana uh, would be the leading bet. But Montana State still undefeated as they get ready for the Grizz. Uh, they haven't won in a while. I believe, what was it, 2016, 2017 was the last time the Bobcats won. Do you see them winning this weekend? It's such an interesting question because Montana State has only won one time in the last 20 matchups. Montana's dominated this rivalry 19 out of 20. Travis DeCure has won 11 out of 12 against Montana State in his career. And quite frankly, it's been since Mick Durham was the coach at Montana State and uh, Don Holst was the coach at Montana. And Montana State was the team that was uh, atop the Grizzlies in the Big Sky Conference standings. It's been literally almost 20 years since that's been the case. So how do the Bobcats handle that pressure? How do the Bobcats keep the momentum going? That's going to be an interesting factor. I do think that the Grizz are, uh, for a team that's been struggling, here's the thing. There's a lot of reasons teams struggle. Number one, lack of talent. That's not the case with Montana. They have a ton of talent. Number two, a lack of effort. That's also not the case with Montana. I actually think their young players try too much, and that's been uh, one of the knocks so far. And number three is a lack of chemistry. I think that has been apparent for the Grizzlies, but not in a – we don't like each other type of way. It's that they just don't know how to play with each other. They got nine new guys on the roster, and they're only now into the portion of the schedule where they would have had a non-conference schedule for their belts in a normal year. So I do think the Grizz are knocking on the door. Their five conference losses are by a total of 14 points. I mean, they've lost at the horn four times in their five conference losses, so that's pretty crazy. Um, but that said, I think the matchups do favor Montana State. I think that Montana State has the better big man in Jabril Bello. And I think Montana State has not only the more talented, but also, I shouldn't even say more talented, just the veteran guards. Xavier Bishop's a fifth-year senior. Amin is a senior. So those two guys, those guys are a lot more experienced going against a bunch of freshmen, specifically Brandon Whitney and Robbie Beasley. So I do think the Cats, uh, on paper, have a matchup advantage. That said, can they overcome the psychological aspects of this game? Can they be the ones to break down the door and knock off the Grizzlies? It's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens this Thursday and Saturday between Montana and Montana State. We are with Colter Nuanez, host of Nuanez now on ESPN Missoula 1029. You can check him out. does great work. You can also check him out on SWX from 4 to 6 p.m. as well. Colter, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight as always, my man. You have yourself a great rest of your Tuesday night. Look forward to chatting with you again soon. I appreciate it, my man. We'll talk to you soon. We'll call you sometime here in the next couple of weeks. Talk to high school hoops. How about that? That sounds good, huh? Uh, that, hey, I'll tell you what. You guys got a good one down there in Alex Germer. I mean, two 37-point games already. We'll see what he does. I think he's got Big Sky. No, that's Hellgate that's got Big Sky tonight. But either way, you got a fun one down there. No, I mean, 37 points for uh, in high school games is a ridiculous number. And to do it twice in the first two weeks of the season, pretty darn impressive. <laughs> for sure. Looking forward to that. Coulter, again, bud, thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Abby. Talk to you soon.